place the book of First uh, Samuel, the uh, the book of First Samuel, chapter uh, seventeen, the familiar story of uh, of David and Goliath. And I remember uh, I did a uh, I did a devotional uh, last year that went through the entire Bible uh, into the year and uh, offered some uh, some commentary and a devotion uh, every day on um, on what we would read. And I remember when we got to this. Uh, this particular chapter in Scripture, and I remember the author pretty much saying that, you know what, we've heard this story so many times, and it's just been preached up and down every which way, so I'm not going to bother with it. We're just going to kind of move on. You know, and it's interesting when we read these stories that can become so familiar, and I'm sure that each and every one of you probably in this, uh, in this building uh, could come this morning, could probably preach and could talk and to express on this uh, on this chapter of scripture, a lot better than uh, than I could, because we can all relate to it. We can all relate to the struggles that we face uh, in life, because that's what it reminds us of. It reminds us of the giants and the obstacles that we face in uh, in our lives as we go through this uh, this world. And so we very much relate to it, and it very much gives us strength uh, and encouragement. As we go through these things, but this morning, what I want us to, or what I thought about when I read through this uh, scripture and was preparing for it a couple of weeks ago, I happened to think about a lot of the the movies and a lot of the shows that are coming out now, and a lot of them are focusing on prequels or what are called origin stories, which you will take someone like this characters of uh, of Star Wars. And uh, those mighty uh, warriors who fight through the galaxy as well as the, the villains. And these movies would seek to go through and learn about how was it in the beginning? How did these great heroes become so great? And how can these villains, how did they get to the point where they became so evil? And so it takes us back, or these movies would seek to take us back to the beginning for us to understand how they became the person that they were, that we were accustomed to in seeing in the movies that we grew up with. And that's what I want to do this morning. I want us to kind of have the origin story of David. As we think about him facing down Goliath and we see this great faith that he has, I want us to look back this morning for us to see how it was that he developed that great faith. And I think that if we see this, if we look back and to see how David developed him and his great faith and his great trust in the Lord, we can see how God can take us and develop great faith within us so that we can face the big things by learning to trust God in the little things. So let's read, uh, let's begin together in 1 Samuel chapter 17. We'll begin with verse number 33 and it says this, And Esau said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth, and he has been a man of war from his youth. And David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear uh, and took the lamb from the flock, uh, I went after him, and I struck him and delivered him out of the mouth and if uh, he rose up against me, I caught him by his beard, and I struck him, and I killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, for he has defiled the Lord of armies of the living God. 
And David said, The Lord has delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Then Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put the helmet of bronze on his head and clothed him with a coat of nail. And David strapped on his sword over his armor, and he tried in vain to go, for he had not tested them. Then David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not tested them. So David put them off. Then he took his staff in his land and chose five smooth stones from the brook and put them in his shepherd's pouch. His sling was in his hand, and he approached the Philistine. And the Philistine moved towards and came near David and his shield bearer with him. And he went to the Philistine and looked and saw David, and he disdained him. For he was but a youth, ruddy and handsome in his appearance. And the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of the hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head, and I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord, and he will give you into our hand. When the Philistines arose and came near, he met, met David. David ran quick, quickly toward him the battle line to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and slung and struck the Philistine in his forehead. And the stone sank into his forehead, and he fell on his face to the ground. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. There was no sword in David's hand. Then David ran, then David ran and stood over the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of his, his sheath. And he killed him and cut off his head. And with the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they all fled. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your scripture, Lord, and how it guides our life. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that as we read these verses this morning, Lord, that it gives us strength and it gives us courage, Lord, to face the battles that we face in our life. But Lord, we realize, Lord, how we are to develop strength and courage in our walk with you by allowing you to work in our day-to-day life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. The story of uh, David and Goliath begins many, many years earlier in the fields of uh, around Bethlehem where he was a shepherd, perhaps in the same fields where the shepherds kept watch over their flocks by night on the day that uh, Jesus was born. And as a shepherd, David learned a lot of things. He learned a lot about being alone with just the animals. And he learned to be entrusted with those animals. 
You figured they would send David as he would got older, and that was an older teenager, and I'm sure being the uh, younger brother of eight, I'm sure the older brothers were gladly uh, willing to give this responsibility over to, uh, to David. And so you would say that David would be in charge of, let's say, uh, 100 sheep. And he knew that he had to give an account for each one of those sheep. And he would rise up in the morning, and he would count the sheep. And he would learn to count to 100 and to make sure that they were all there. And as they crossed over the streams and as they got to the other side, he would count them again to see that if he had a hundred sheep. But uh, in his time of being shepherd, not only did he learn to take that responsibility, not only did he learn to care, but he also learned to have courage. Because every once in a while in would come a lion or in would come a bear or in would come another animal that would seek to take one of those sheep. And you got to remember that uh, if you are a shepherd and you see a bear going after one of your sheep, you have to make a decision. You have to make the decision. You know what? Do I really love that sheep that much that I want to go after that bear? Because I'm pretty sure if uh, you were a lot like me and uh, we were together and uh, a bear came after us, I would think in my mind, you know what? I ain't got to outrun that bear. I just got to outrun Larry and I'll be just fine. But David learned to care, and he learned to have courage, and he learned to face up to those problems. He knew that he couldn't lose that sheep. He knew he didn't want to go to his father and his brothers to say that that was a lost sheep. So it developed courage in his mind as he, as he learned to say, I've got to learn to protect that sheep. And so in wanting to conquer that sheep and wanting to, I mean, wanting to conquer that bear into that lion, he learned skill and he learned craft. He learned how to use that slingshot of his and he learned how to spin it and he learned how to hit those bears and he learned how to hit those lions so that they would run off. And then if one of those lions would, uh, would, get, one of those, uh, would get one of those sheep up in his mouth, David would take it out. And what did it say? It would take that lion by the, by the beard and just sling it down. And that's somebody I don't want to mess with. I don't know about y'all. But he learned to have courage. And he learned to have strength. And he learned how, how to care. And in learning all of those things, and in facing all of those battles, he learned to trust in the Lord. He knew that every day that he would wake up, that it was an opportunity that he would have to face an obstacle in his life that would require him to have courage. And he knew that every day, and he learned to know that every day that he went out there in those fields, that God was with him and that God was taking care of him. David learned in the everyday facet of his life to have faith and trust in God. He learned that God was with him, and God would take care of him, and God was there with him in the battles. And this developed character in David's heart. And as we see that uh, what David had, as he takes those lessons that he learned being a shepherd, as he takes those lessons into this encounter with Goliath, we learned that through his life experiences of letting God work 
with him in his everyday life, David developed a zeal for the Lord. A zeal for the Lord. And it was the one ingredient that the other people of Israel didn't have. Because David, being the young one, he was left home with the sheep. He wasn't allowed to go into the battle. But every once in a while, his father would send him to take provisions for, uh, for, uh, for his brothers, as well as to take things for, uh, for the other officers and for Saul as well. And so as David comes into this one time, he hears a commotion. And he hears this big, tall Philistine over there talking noise about God. And talking about how he was going to defeat their God. And how he was speaking curses against their God. And David was outraged. David was like, we got to do something about this. I've got to do something about this. He had zeal for the Lord. He had excitement for the Lord. Because the Lord was real in his life. But the other Israelites, they were just kind of like you and me. They were afraid. They were afraid of the Philistine because he was so tall and because he was so mighty and he talked so loud. And they were afraid of him because all oh, they saw was his height. All they saw was his strength. All they saw was their inability because they could not see the Lord because they, unlike David, didn't have zeal for the Lord. I bet you they were a lot like a lot of us here at church on Sunday. We don't have zeal for the Lord because we come and we sit in our pews and we sit just like this, praying, Brother Ronnie, don't, please don't let me stand up for this song. Preacher, get me out of here before my roast burns. We don't have the zeal for the Lord. We don't have the excitement for His presence. We don't have the joy to go out and tell somebody else about God. And the reason why we do not have zeal for the Lord is because we haven't seen God working in our life. Because if we see God working in our life, if we see God moving in our life, then that develops courage, that develops strength, that develops zeal, that develops a passion for God that will inevitably ooze out of us and spill out of us in the way that we worship, in the way that we count other people. And if we have zeal for the Lord, We won't be scared when we face those big challenges. We won't have, if we have zeal for the Lord, then we won't be afraid when something big comes along because we will have a whole resume of how God works and has worked in my life and in your life. But if God's not working in your life every day, then when you face those challenges, you're going to think about yourself and what you can and cannot do. And you will not see the Lord because you have not seen the Lord work in your life. We know how the God's worked in these Bible stories that we read. 
We know how God's work in other people in our church's life as we hear them tell their stories and as we hear them share their testimonies about how God has worked in their life, and that's good for them. But we don't have that resume. We don't have those acts to which we've seen that God has worked. And so when we face these challenges in our life, we just think about ourselves and not think about the abilities of God. But David learned to trust God in his everyday life, in his everyday work as a sheep, as a shepherd. And so when he faced this obstacle, when he heard about it, buddy, he was excited and he was ready, buddy. What does it say earlier on the scripture that he came and uh, he heard that Saul said, I'm going to give a reward to uh, to uh, anyone who's able to kill this Philistine, you know, you'll get to marry my daughter and, uh, you know, I'll give him all kind of riches and he'll be high in my kingdom. And, buddy, you could just imagine little old David going around, buddy. He's like, uh, he's like a, a little teenage boy who's had about six Red Bulls, but he's just jumping all over the place. What do you say? What do you say? And he'd go to this crowd. Man, what do you say? What do you say? You want to hear it again? And, of course, the, the older brothers hear it, buddy, and they just had, had enough of David. They said, man, you're just trying to cause up trouble. You're just trying to stir something up. But what it was is he had zeal. Why do y'all stand here? Why don't one of y'all go out and fight this man? He's calling out our God, and we know that God will deliver us. But David trusted God and allowed him to do a couple of things as he faced this giant. Number one, he didn't listen. He didn't listen to the haters. He didn't listen to the people that tell him he couldn't do it. Remember last week, you know, they were going to have the selection show for who is going to be the next king, and it was going to be one of Jesse's sons, and they thought so low of what David and his kingship potential, they didn't even invite him. And so now here he is, there's a war, and everybody's going off to war, and David doesn't even get to go. And now here he comes, and he says, hey, I'll go fight this Philistine. And Saul says, you can't, because you're a little boy. You can't fight this Philistine. And then... Come, he goes up to face the Philistine, and what's the first thing the Philistine does? He laughs. He feels insulted. He says, man, am I a dog that you have sent this little boy to fight me? Is this some kind of joke? Come here, David, and I'll feed your flesh to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth. Some of us, some of us, our battles are over before they even start. Because we hear the words of discouragement, we hear the taunts, and we hear the threats, and we just quit. We just get scared and go on. And we say, let somebody else do it. But he didn't listen to the haters. Also, did he not listen to the haters? He was comfortable. He was comfortable being himself. He didn't try to be someone else. As he goes off and finally Saul says, well, go ahead, go ahead, David, and the Lord be with you, which I think if you read that in Hebrews, that is a Hebrew for, man, we're, we're going to lose. And so he sends him, I said, before you go, man, why don't you try, why don't you take my armor? And so he goes and he tries on Saul's armor, and this armor is custom fit to fit Saul. But ain't never worn no armor before, and you get stuff like on there, man, it takes a while to get used to it. 
It takes years of training to get used to it, and plus, it doesn't fit. And he puts on that armor, and he tries to look like a regular, normal soldier with his soldier with his uh, with his armor on. And he walks around, and he says, "Man, I can't do this." And he takes it off, and he goes to the creek, and he gets the stones, and he puts them in his pouch. He says, "I'm gonna allow God to use me." As me. I'm going to let him use my abilities. I'm going to let him use my skills. I'm going to try to do it Larry's way. I ain't going to try it the way, do it Jerry's way or Miss Ann's way. I'm going to do it with the skills and the abilities that God has given me because that's good enough. Know that God can work through you wherever you are. You don't have to be like anyone else in this room. You just have to be you with the skills and the abilities and the talents that God has given you. He wasn't afraid. He wasn't afraid to be himself. And then he walks out. He walks out there to the Philistine. And as the Philistine taunts him, he shouts, to the Philistine, after he shouts the threat at him, he comes back with him and said, you come to me with a sword and with a shield and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whose name you defiled. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand. And you just got to love the way the Old Testament says stuff like this. And I will give this day the host of the Philistines their flesh to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth. So all the world will know that there is a God in Israel and everyone will know that the Lord delivers not with sword and shield or sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord. David, David didn't put the pressure of the battle on his shoulders. He went out to do one thing, and that is to be used by God. He went out to be his vessel, to let God use him in the way that he would. would. He knew that the result of the battle was going to be in the Lord. You know, a lot of people, if you look, especially with you look at the uh, with uh, other religions, say like with Muslims, they're an honor religion. If you say something bad about their God, they're coming to take you out because they feel that they have to defend their God. They have to stick up for him. They have to make sure that he is honored. But I'm here to tell you, I worship the living God, and the living God can take care of himself. And the Lord fights these battles, and all he asks of us is to be used by him. So he didn't put the pressure of winning this battle on his. And he relied on the strength that was built by the faith 
that was developed in his everyday life. And it says that he took the sling, he threw the rock, it hit the head, it sunk in. He fell down and he chopped off his head and everybody scattered. And it says this, and David had no sword in his hand. The sword is what you use in battle. Swords were how wars were won and lost. Swords were what they used to kill and to conquer. That was the weapon of man. David wasn't, I mean, uh, Goliath wasn't defeated by a weapon of man. Goliath was defeated by the wrath of God. He knew all along it was the Lord's battle. And he knew that the Lord was going to do it his way. It didn't matter if he didn't have no sword. And it didn't matter if he had a hundred swords. It didn't matter if David was five foot tall or if David was 20 foot tall. The victory was going to come at the will and the power of the Lord. And he was going to do it his way. Isn't that the way the Lord likes to work for us? The Lord likes to do the things, I guess, what we would say is the hard way, the unconventional way. He won't take the most talented person to do a particular task. He will use the one that's least likely. Why? Because he doesn't want us to get us the glory. But he wants to see that it was the result of God working. How are we glorifying God through our life? Are we letting God work through us? Some of us, some of us are overwhelmed by what we're facing right now in our life. What battles or what obstacles? And the reason why we're so scared and the reason why we're so unsure is because we haven't developed our resume of faith. We haven't let God work in our daily life through the mundane things. You know, I don't know about you, but my day, every day, has battles. There are people who are test me. There's projects in the house that test me. There are all kinds of things that test me each and every day. And I need the Lord's strength every day to get through them. And the more I trust in Him, the more that I see that God working in those everyday mundane things of my life, the more I know that He can face those obstacles those big obstacles that I face. So where are you this morning? Where are you? Are you allowing God to work in your everyday life? Are you trusting Him in those little battles that we face every day? Or do we run scared? Do we look at everything and we say, well, I can't do this, and not realize it's about the Lord? I challenge us all this morning to let the battle be the Lord's, to let the Lord work through us to bring victory in the little things as well as the big things. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, 
We're so grateful for all the many things that you've blessed us with. And Lord, we pray, Lord, this morning that we trust you. We trust you with every day of our life. We trust you with every event of our life. We trust you. We trust you and realize that we need you every hour and every day of our life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.